0: Hello, and welcome to episode 132. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. A recent hot topic with my mastermind, who is, of course, (laughs) myself, Liz Applegate, and Julie Houghton has been a discussion around confidence. You guys all know and love my mastermind friends, and they've been on the show a couple times before. So this week on the show... I am having them back, and we are having the first part of a two part discussion all about self confidence. So, this whole thing started about two months ago when we did a webinar together um, for a group, and we just fell in love with the topic of confidence. So, today you will hear part one, and then tomorrow you can head on over. To Liz's podcast, and you can hear part two of this discussion on midlife schmidlife. So, before we get to the show, I want to give you guys a very warm welcome, a happy Tuesday. I hope you are having a great week. I am so glad that you are all here. I am just grateful that you turn in, that you tune in every week. It's so much fun to get to do this show, and you guys all make that possible. If you're new, uh, you can find information about this show at the website, which is jumpstartyourjoy.com. And I publish show notes for each and every episode. You can find them at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash confidence. So before we get to the show, also some news and updates. This dis- this discussion, so today on this show and tomorrow on Midlife Schmidlife, is going to even have a further continuation if you would like to join us for a webinar workshop. We're gonna be doing our confidence workshop again, and that is gonna be this Friday, and that is April 20th, 2018, if you're listening to this live, and it's at 11 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And we're gonna talk about finding and claiming confidence. We're gonna talk about how to deal with negative self-talk and the inner mean girl why familiar habits and comfort zones are keeping you from going after the things you really want and how to work through all of it or work with all of it. Plus, we're gonna be talking about how confidence, confidence is one of those things that is so hard because instead of feeling confident first, which is of course what we want to do, we wanna feel confident and then go towards something. That's like our what we wish could happen. It's often the opposite is true, is that you have to go try and do the thing first and be courageous about it. And then after you've completed the task, that's when confidence hits and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm so capable. To sign up for this workshop slash webinar, you can do that at the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com and look for the reclaiming image, the reclaiming confidence image right there on the homepage. Um, it'll be in the slider on the top or on it'll be... Um, in the show notes as well. And you're in and it's free and we're gonna be live. So you can totally ask us questions if you have them after we walk through the material. It's so much fun and I had a great time with Julie leading it last time and we're so excited that Liz will be back for this one as well. Confidence is one of those things that we all struggle with and you know, what gives? (laughs) That was one of the big questions I just wanted to ask of even my own mastermind is what gives? Why does this happen and how do we work through the discomfort to find confidence and feel confident? So I love part one of this discussion about confidence with Julie and Liz. Let's let's just get to it. Welcome to the show today, you guys. I'm so excited to have my mastermind BFFs back for what, like the third time. I have Julie and Liz back on the show. Welcome. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having us. Yay! Yeah, so
0: excited to be
1: here.
0: Yay. This week, we are really excited about a new topic that we have been playing with quite a bit recently, which is confidence. I think each of us has seen in our work with clients and in our own lives that confidence plays a huge role. And then we started digging in for an early webinar and decided we were madly in love with this topic and wanted to just keep <laughs> going. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it would be interesting. We have some topics we're going to walk through, but like maybe each of us, I don't know, how does confidence come up for you guys? And what do you, what comes up when we think about this?
1: Well, for me, so this is Liz. So most of the clients that I work with are over the age of 40 and they're being faced with this time of life where they're beginning to ask themselves, kind of like, is this all there is? They've been following these rules and making decisions based on shoulds and, and they're getting to this place in in their life where they're really questioning whether that is in in alignment with who they are now and who they want to be in the future. And I just see how confidence, it's interesting because we've had, we have all this wisdom in us and all this life we've lived up until this point. But then when we think about making these changes, um, confidence, you know, it's just not there when we need it. And a lot of self-doubt comes up. And and that can be caused by so many different things as far as our backgrounds and our family life and, and our own inner critics. And so all these things are swirling together. And that's just how I think it's just so interesting because we do have so much wisdom as women in our forties, and there's a lot of settledness and centeredness, I guess, that we have. But then again, it can our, our self confidence can be kind of waning. So that's that's what comes up
2: for me when you ask that question, Paula. It's interesting. This is Julie. I work with a lot of women who are moms of young kids, but it's similar to what Liz said. I. I work with a lot of women who are at a place in their life where they want to live a life or have a career that's more in alignment with who they are and examining those shoulds as well. that that's scary, you know, it's scary to it's scary to go through that process of figuring out like what is that what is in alignment with who I am, you know, like reconnecting with yourself, mm-hmm. that can feel a little scary. And then claiming that, and I think especially with moms of young kids, there's so much. There's so much around being a mom. There are so many shoulds there. What does it mean to be a mom? What does it mean to be a working mom? And a lot of the women who I work with are looking for clarity around their career. Maybe they were happy and things have changed for them once they had kids, or maybe they were really never happy and having kids has given them the courage to make a change. But there are so many shoulds around that as well. And I think it's interesting, like going through these transitions takes courage, but at the same time, like so many things that we talk about in the coaching world, it's like this ongoing practice too. Like when I made my own career switch or I had worked in the corporate world for 15 years, and then when our older daughter was born six years ago, I finally found the courage to start taking steps towards getting out of a career that had made me miserable. And that, process of making a change took so much courage, but it wasn't like it was just done, you know, like that process of of finding and like sitting in your confidence takes it's just an ongoing practice, like so many things. It doesn't have like a start and end. Right.
0: Oh yeah. And I this I'm totally nodding my head. Like because there's that thing and that's what I see too of like having started the podcast and working with podcasters or working with people that want to find kind of their creative outlet is that it's, you kind of have to take the first step and act even, you know, act in confidence and then realize mm-hmm. that you can be confident. And I think that's one of the things that's right. so interesting because, I mean, it's the same thing with probably courage and a lot of the other related um, attributes that we admire in people is the first step is scary and then it gets mm-hmm. a little bit easier. It's interesting. We're kind of all seeing that and and the shoulds that come up because I think that stops us so often in just dead in our tracks of like, if I'm this person, it means I should do these things, and then confidence often then means we have to turn that on its head because the shoulds are holding us back from what our heart's saying. And then how do we actually act out in confidence to be the person we know we want to be, whether that be creatively or in our career or, or as we're um, looking at new phases in our life? It's it's amazing. Mm. So
1: yeah, mm, I love this topic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's so needy, right? It's just
2: Totally, so much so there,
1: and yeah, and we, yeah, and I think we live in this world too where it's so easy to look at others and think, oh, look, they're so confident, and of course, you know, and and I'm really speaking into social media because we're only seeing one part of that person's world, right? And then we begin comparing, and then it's Mm -hmm. just, oh, it's just such the cycle and swirl of stuff that you really have to kind of step out of if you really want to build your Mm self-confidence.
2: And I think that the comparison and the social media stuff, it totally feeds that myth that you need to wait until you're confident to act. And what you were saying, Paula, that you really have to take that leap and act even when you don't feel confident and sit with that discomfort and that that can last a long time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you <laughs> know, when I like transitioned to working as a coach, I mean, I had frequent moments of lack of confidence come up for like the first year and, and that it's a lifelong thing, you know, it's not that mm-hmm. you you can be like on one side of this, whatever kind of transition you're going to make. And you sort of can have this idea of like, once I get to the other side, once I do it, I'm going to feel confident or like, I can't act until I feel confident. And then once I get to that point, it's going to be confidence from there on out. And I think the social media thing can totally feed that because you see all these people who appear to be so confident and it can just keep you stuck because you're waiting for this magical Mm -hmm. confidence to appear Mm -hmm. and feeling like it has to be there before you can take the first step. Or that if it's not right. there, it's a, a sign of something bad.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's that part's so interesting because I think, I mean, it's it's not specifically under the umbrella of imposter syndrome, but I think one of the things, and maybe we can segue into that piece next. But like, there's something about discomfort, and I think this is mm-hmm. where the imposter syndrome kind of comes in, which for people why does this come up with confidence? Well, I think lots of times when we're going after the, the thing, whatever that is for us, that we want to do something new, brave, <laughs> courageous, and we start to feel like, ooh, the question might be, who am I to? Or why do I okay. think I have the experience to do this? Then that starts to erode your confidence, right? Like you might have mm-hmm. the big idea, but then you the the self-chat or negative self talks kicks in and you start to step back and say, maybe I'm not the person. And that it's really... Julie, what you were saying is about the discomfort. Like, yeah, there's Mm -hmm. discomfort when you're acting from a place of confidence because it's probably something new for you, the thing you're trying. Mm -hmm. But then what do we do? And maybe that's a great question. How can people listening, how do we work through the discomfort and act in confidence when we know it's something that we really want to go after, whatever that thing is? So I don't know if you guys have thoughts on how do you work through discomfort?
2: I don't know. One thing that comes to me is that so much of it is how you talk to yourself. You know, mm-hmm. it's so different to say I'm I'm trying my best or I'm I'm learning than to say I'm not good at this or I don't okay. know what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the the way in which you speak to yourself that I'm I'm doing the best I can right now with what I know. I'm practicing this because that acknowledges that you're in this uncomfortable place of feeling like you don't totally know what you're doing, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right. Right.
1: Speaking into what you were saying, Julie, about, you know, waiting to have all the answers and to know, you know, this magic fairy wand of like, Oh, I have the confidence. And now I'm going to do, I I know exactly what to do. And what happens with that is we get into the cycle, like this analysis paralysis kind of thing where we don't do anything (laughs) so right about how we speak to ourselves and being aware of how that comes up. And that's part of the change too. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that something, you know, I'm just going to use an example of maybe like asking for a raise. And so that's like our, where we want to have the confidence, but it starts way back before we go and talk to our boss. It's, it's the, how we're talking to ourselves and, mm-hmm. and, and, I just love the thought of how we change speaking to ourselves can do more than just have us go ask for the raise. I mean, just think of that domino (coughs) effect of what else that can open up. Mm -hmm. Totally.
0: (laughs) Well, because it's almost like confidence needs to go hand in hand with kindness, like self-kindness, like putting that thing out there and knowing, okay, this is a tender place for me. Like, going in and asking for a raise right now feels a little bit crazy or a little mm-hmm. bit uncomfortable for me. But, I, Julie, I love so much what you said about what if it's just an experiment? Like, what if it's I, – I know, like, Kate Craig just sometimes will say, this is all – it's all just feedback. Like, you're just finding right. out more information. So, what if you can frame up whatever the response is? Because that's probably the scary part about going in and asking for a raise is mm-hmm. what will they say or what do they think of me? But what if it's just – you're curious. How can you approach it in that instead of worrying and getting really worked up and, uh, as one of my clients likes to say, wrapped around the axle of like what the outcome will be instead mm-hmm. of just going in as the, I wonder what will happen if I ask.
2: And you know what I think really goes hand in hand with that idea of of kindness and self-compassion is recognizing that you're not alone. It's like the flip side of social media. That social media, everyone appears to be living, you know, this perfect, happy, confident life. I think there's something so powerful in in first just telling yourself I'm not alone, feeling scared about this thing, feeling like not feeling totally confident. It's just part of what it means to be human. And at the same time being honest with each other, you know, of like finding someone you trust and being honest with them about how you're feeling and what you're experiencing. I think so often when we're not feeling confident, there's a voice in our head saying, "What would so and so think? What is this person going to think of me?" Mm. So I think there are two things. I think there's one like, and maybe that so and so is not your trusted, you know, confidant who you're going to talk to about how this experience is feeling. Um, but I think there are two things like being being honest, like not not feeling like you have to pretend in front of everyone that you feel confident, and you know, not that you need to tell everybody you don't feel confident, but finding some, you know, one or two people you really trust who you can share how you're feeling. So it doesn't feel like the secret. And then at the same time, that voice that's saying, what would this person think? Um, Or I feel like it's often even more vague than that. It's often kind of like, what would they think? Mm -hmm. And if you try to dial into that and be like, okay, who is they exactly? It's, you know, there's often like one or two people, like it's my in-laws, it's, my old boss, you know, who was that professor who was always so critical of me and asking yourself like, okay, so worst case, what if they do think that thing about you, then what? Mm-hmm. And what would you do? And I, and how is that different from how you feel with that person now? Are you already feeling like some judgment or some criticism? And would this really be so different? And does it even have anything to do with you? Or is this really about them? Is it going to make any difference? Would the difference be that you know, you're maybe happily pursuing something that really means something to you. And maybe they have some judgments, maybe they don't. But is that so different from how you feel right now? And does it even matter? And do you even know for sure that they're thinking that I just feel like so often, there's that voice that's saying, like, what, what are these people going to think? And that can keep you stuck. And if you examine it, it can, it can lose its power.
0: What the power of the power of it is getting, is getting unstuck. Like, the, mm-hmm. like whatever it is, I don't know the, I don't know what the opposite of confidence is, but whatever that is, is getting yourself unstuck from it and saying, okay, I'm not going to believe those, those people that maybe would say those things. And really when you yeah. unpack it, there's not that much at the heart of it. It's really just kind of an internal dialogue.
1: I think, you know what? Yeah. It's interesting because as you were talking, Julie, what came what came up for me was how as adults we we so easily get into routine and we very rarely challenge ourselves to get out of that routine and so when something comes up to where we need this confidence we're really kind of out of practice you know i mean hmm. it's it's um you know i like to think of like confidence as kind of a muscle where you, you, you learn the steps and you learn what you need to do. And then as you practice that, that becomes stronger and stronger within yourself. And so when we're, when we're in this routine, and we're just, you know, showing up, and we're living our life, it's kind of just on this autoplay kind of way. But then all of a sudden, we're looking at something that we wish we had the confidence for. It's, it's kind of, it's no wonder that we just, you know, we feel stuck. We get into that stuck place because our confidence mm-hmm. muscle is really not, you know, it's just not being flexed. It's not being tested. It's not being put out there. And so you can see where that that cycle can just continue. And And we do start to look at, start comparing. We start looking at, you know, these stories that we're telling ourselves become larger and larger. And yeah, it makes me really sad. <laughs> it just, mm-hmm. It's just yeah, it just makes me sad to think that how easily we do that. So um
0: And yeah. there's something even in the stories, like I, I think what I mean by the time we're midlife at some point, I've I've read, isn't it like sixty percent of our day is based on habit? And yes. and there's something in there that's really juicy because then I think even the stories we're telling ourselves are habit, right? Like mm-hmm. we're so used to, well, they think like going back to what you said, Julie, I love this. And I love that we're like kind of pulling it apart. Like that somebody told me once what, that I, sh- this is a great one that like, Oh, you're too loud. You're too happy, whatever. Like right. there's you're too much in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then that, that, okay. I don't like that discomfort. So then I backpedal and I make myself more acceptable to them. Again, it's it's a vague mm-hmm. group of people. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Or then, like, I just sang too loud in church as a little kid, and then that was too much. And so I pull back. And now, at this point, like, my entire, and, and, I, and this is an example, I'm not saying I actually do operate in this place, but I could see how someone could operate in this place of I'm too much, I'm too loud, I'm too much. And so now I'm playing small, which is another topic that's so awesome uh, in relationship to confidence to kind of unpack, but that's basically what this is, is now I'm in oh. my habits because they, air quotes, told me all these things. And now I'm in this, I'm playing small and in this little space that I can justify, but maybe I don't even really know why I'm, I don't have the confidence because it's so many layers of stories that have been told to me again and again, and that I am keep telling myself Mm -hmm. And now I just, okay, this is a comfortable place, but then it, it kind of isn't anymore. (laughs) and I want more and I need to do something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: I think that's really interesting because it's like a false comfort. I mean, we talk about Mm -hmm. doing something where you don't feel confident. You're going to be in this place of doing it, even though it feels uncomfortable, taking action, even though the confidence isn't, you know, feeling as strong as you'd like it to, but you're, you're doing it anyway, but and that sort of implies that the other way to be, you know, staying in your comfort zone is comfortable, but it's interesting to look at the fact that it really isn't. That's that's kind of Mm -hmm. like a myth as well, that we tell ourselves this is comfortable and safe, Mm -hmm. but if we're really honest, that's not true. Yeah.
1: I think it's safe, but if it's comfortable, that's questionable, right? Like, it's safe because there's this, there's this, you know, innate part of us that wants to not be uncomfortable and wants to keep us safe. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of our reaction to to fear. And so fear is going to keep us playing small. But at some point, we have to realize that the smaller, if we're playing small, we're just going to, our world is just going to become smaller and smaller. And really ask if that's really the life we are if we feel that that's the life we're meant to live. Mm. And I wanted to bring up too, like Paula, when you were talking about, you know, singing too loud in church and then adopting that kind of too much rule, I can't wait to dive in because we're going to continue this conversation over on my podcast. And it's so exciting because that's like, I've got goosebumps and all excited because that's Part of what I call like these good girl rules about, mm-hmm. you know, what you should and shouldn't do. And we still live by those darn things, those rules that we heard growing up. And we've adopted those to become our story. And it just mm-hmm. is amazing to me that, you know, I'm 50, I'll be 52 in April goodness gracious and I'm uh, I'll still realize it's like oh my gosh I heard that when I was eight and I'm still making decisions based on something I heard when I was eight years old as to who I was so yeah Mm -hmm. anyway that was
0: just I wanted to
1: point that out and it's amazing just how that that can play into confidence too
0: Yeah, and that'll be tomorrow on Midlife Schmidlife. Link will be in the show notes as it goes live. But yeah, this conversation continues tomorrow. (laughs) I think the piece there that, like, kind of we talked about a little bit before, people pleasing kind of feels like this area where. Maybe that's some of the, the our reaction to the they. What do they think is? Okay. Mm-hmm. And we want everyone as as loving, happy, uh, really beautiful humans. I mean, that I think the trait of wanting to pe- keep people happy and to be a, a people pleaser comes from such a beautiful space. But then it also has kind of its shadow side. If we get into coach speak about it, of of holding us back in some ways. But I don't know if we want to talk a little bit about how either we've seen people pleasing come up, you know, I'm a recovering pleaser. Um, (laughs) I actually literally just raised my hand as I said that. Um, Yeah, me too. (laughs) I did too. (laughs) So if you're raising your hand in your car, we saw you. Um, (laughs) You know, I guess my question there is how is confidence ultimately more joyful than people pleasing? Or is it? Well, I just—I mean, it feels like it's one of those places like you have to get into the area of discomfort to feel and to start to act in confidence. But I think the thing that comes up for me is people pleasing when it's taken the turn for you feel like you've lost yourself in it. And you feel like, you know, if, if some of your other internal dialogue is maybe saying something along the lines of, well, I do think I do everything for everybody else or. How come people can't help me because I help everyone? Or, like, there's some of those things that maybe mm-hmm. if you hear yourself saying that, then you've probably gone into the ter- territory of people pleasing that is no longer serving you well. And so then I think the question is, like, how do you say to yourself in a loving way? This always comes from a place of love. Like, how do I step up and say what it is that I need? Mm-hmm. And understanding that's not selfish, like, that's self care, but right. not self mm-hmm. And it takes a little bit of confidence to step into that. Place, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm sensing you guys have mm-hmm. other, probably more wisdom-filled things to say than I do. <laughs>
1: okay. No, but I, I, I do really feel like confidence comes into play not with just the these big things like going and asking for the raise, but it is around you know creating boundaries for yourself. You need that confidence, and you need to make the decisions that are based out of it's a heartfelt decision for yourself and not out of trying to make someone else happy. There is some confidence that needs to go into that. And that can be, I don't know, to me that brings up almost a scarier feeling than going and asking for the raise, right? Because especially if when you're people pleasing, it's usually, you know, a lot of times it's, people that are close to you that you're trying to keep happy. And mm-hmm. um, so to me, that's almost like, I, I don't know, it's, it's an almost more visible thing and a, a place to put yourself in that you're saying, okay, I'm, I need to make this decision and, it's awkward and scary, and I'm hoping my confidence kicks in <laughs> to do this. I don't know if that's making any sense, mm-hmm. but just to me, um, these this kind of boundary set—that's how I see it—as being kind of this boundary where you're going to make heartshot decisions can almost be scarier than doing these bigger picture things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what you just said there might—if somebody is in a place of saying it's easier for me to be confident outside the home than Uh it is to set up something um, closer to me or with people I know better. I think you just struck on like maybe the answer uh, in part is Mm. because it's so close and so personal and so dear to you to to kind of shift relationships or shift how things work in your home or with your spouse or with your parents. Like, that's harder probably than going to a boss that could just say no about money. Although money and mm-hmm. confidence is probably a whole different, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a different webinar oh, that we will do, do, but <laughs> 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 that's a different workshop entirely that I can't yeah. wait to do someday. But I think when it's, it's emotionally so dear to you, it's really hard to have those conversations. And so then the, the kindness thing kicks back in and I, I don't right. know. I mean, I I just wanted to reflect on that because I think it is really hard to reset and it might take longer even with people that you know and love so much. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah. The wheels are just turning. Yes. This (laughs) is (laughs) good.
0: And I think there's something else in there too about where, where's my brain going with this? Like, how do we then start and this this is like the process of confidence. Like, so let's set out that scenario. We wish that we didn't. I don't know. We feel like we're doing too much at home. I think probably a lot of people can relate to this, and wish that mm-hmm. someone, kids, partner, spouse, whomever, would help. And I, you fill in the blank with what it is you would like help with, because it's going to be different. And and I don't want to introduce gender roles here that that people might take right. um, too. But. I think, and maybe each of us can weigh in on how, because I think action is so helpful. And I feel like sometimes it's missing in conversations like this, but the action I would think is then have the conversation that the, the confidence doesn't just start with saying to your spouse, I wish you would unload the dishwasher, right? Like then that just, that's not really that sure you can say it, but maybe does the confidence building and the confident thing to do is to say, you know what, I'm having a hard time with I'm, I'm, I'm wishing we could readdress how we've, how we do things. No, no. How do you guys think that people could start when it feels like a vulnerable situation? They want to speak into the thing that's on their heart, but how do they do it?
1: I think it's good to always make I statements and not use statements. Like you were saying, like, I feel this way, not, you know, I don't, this, this kind of goes this is uh, kind of beyond a confidence thing, but to make sure that the way that you're, that you're asking and stating your feelings is always coming from a place of I. So I feel such and such instead of you never unload the dishwasher, you know, I mean, so Mm -hmm. I feel that um, and I feel that that does take confidence. It does take confidence enough to, well, to be confident enough, to say that, that you're asking for help. I feel that, and I'm going to, I'm going to put in a gender role here just because I feel that as, as a woman, as my friends who are women, um, people in my family who are women, we don't ask for help. We feel like we need to be doing this all ourselves. And then, and then all of a sudden, we feel we're mad. We're, we feel like we've been taken advantage of. And so to mm-hmm. be able to have a conversation that is coming from a place of love, uh, of self-kindness as well, and just, um, you know, use, using the confidence that you have, which may not feel like it's really there, and you may be nervous to have this conversation, but I feel like, too, that that confidence of stepping into a conversation like that can be so helpful for any relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I answered your question, Paula. I probably went <coughs> off on my own tangent. Imagine that. But that, <laughs> that,
0: that kind of came up for me. I kind <laughs> of love where you just went with that, though. I think it's it's more along the lines of the action that I was that I was kind of trying to get to as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think there is confidence in that, and and if you're sitting in a place where you're like. All of these things are sitting on me and I don't necessarily, you know, I would like for the family unit to readdress how we're doing things, or mm-hmm. I would like to change something in my own life. Um, I think that getting the buy-in from your immediate family group is helpful, kind of like, Julie, you were you were saying that earlier. But then maybe offering up a little bit of vulnerability with them, it opens up the conversation in a way that isn't, you know, confrontational, I guess. Right. Um, Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, there's a book I really love uh, with what you were saying, Liz, about kind of the I statements, which can be tricky to do because I think it can Mm -hmm. be tempting to be like, I feel like you're never helping me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) right, (laughs) right. Um, But there's a book I really love called Nonviolent Communication, where uh, I don't even know how to articulate this book. It's just, it's a, it's such a good one, but it's, it's really about that that I statement thing and I think being honest about how you feel and what you need. And and this is separate from the nonviolent communication, but I think there's like an element of gratitude that comes in as well, you know, of like Mm -hmm. when you, when you do get a response or if there are other places where you are getting help expressing gratitude for that and Mm -hmm. at the same time being able to communicate. And I, I, would like more of that over in this other place too, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, cause what I see, this is kind of interesting, kind of to bring it back full circle too, of the, the 60% habit even kind of thing. And then breaking out of those things that don't feel right anymore takes confidence and courage and all of that. And that's kind of what we're speaking into here with a family member, a spouse, a partner, whomever is, is also engaged in said habit with you, right? Like, <laughs> If the habit is we, we come home, we turn on Netflix, um, and we then, you know, watch for three hours and then go to bed. And if you want to change that habit, well, then there's going to need to be a little bit of courage and confidence of, I wish we had time to speak. You know, Mm -hmm. I wish we would do X, whatever it is. Um, I I think there's confidence that comes up even in these small moments, which maybe Mm -hmm. is another interesting topic that wasn't even on the list that we talk about, but like Confidence can come in tiny ways and in big ways. Um, and I think that's really interesting because I think we often talk about confidence in the ways that is my boss did X, Y, Z, and I need to you know respond with something or like public speaking is somehow, you know, always a go-to right. confident thing. But those, I don't know. I love that we're kind of have this dance between big and little confidence mm-hmm. moments here. Everyone's in a different situation. I think it's interesting to look at with these types of
2: hard conversations, those could go very differently. You could have a, a partner or a family member who really hears you and reacts, or you could hit a wall and it, it doesn't work to have that conversation. So I think there's also an element of kind of taking ownership of what's in your control and what you can shift. And and kind of like you were saying, Paula, like if you might all you might be in a habit together even if you don't get their cooperation in making a shift after this hard conversation, what can you shift? Like what can mm-hmm. you have the confidence to change that's within your control? If this difficult conversation th- is not heard, you know?
1: Right. Mm. Yeah, that's
0: that's
2: yes. a good point,
0: Julie. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I'm going to, I'll even share one that was big for me in, in a similar way. If people are like kind of tr- trying to connect the dots. I mean, I know for a long time I had this story of, so we're going personal here. <laughs> I out I, I earn my husband, he's a chef. And so for a long time, I had this story of, I wish that he would make more money so that I could follow my heart and do more of what I wish I could do which is a hard thing on a relationship. Let's be honest. Like that's a lot to put on someone else. And I see that now, but the shift and exactly what you're talking about was that I realized, Oh wait, some of this I could do for myself. So then the confident thing was the self confidence, which is really the heart of the matter was I could start to save money to make this a reality for myself. And I think that's the thing is so often we give away our power to mm-hmm. say, well, someone else, and again, I guess I, I'm sorry. I even maybe suggested gender roles don't come into play. That's that is a gender role or kind of partner role based assumption that somehow I think I had baked in somewhere. Is that, you know, whatever? Like I would be supported in a relationship, and so, mm-hmm. um, but then realizing, wait, I've given I've given away an immense amount of power. In even buying into that, and so how can I turn that on its head and make myself the one in the seat and the, I can take ownership of how this plays out? And so
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think that's really I love that you brought that up, Julie. I think it's it's so important that even if you start the conversation, if it doesn't come out the way you want, not that I ever sat my husband down and said I need you to make more money, like that was <laughs> never not a thing, but like if that's, don't use your assumptions, I guess, or even if the conversation doesn't go the way you think it should, there's still an, there's still an opportunity and an option for you beyond that. Mm-hmm. Right. New levels right. of confidence right there, listeners. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And that's good. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll share a, a little exercise that I have my clients do around that is is to take a regular sheet of paper and put a sticky note on, you know, like a regular one of those square sticky notes right on the paper. And on the sticky note is what you write that you can control. And then on the piece of paper, you write what you can't control. And, you know, it's it's interesting how we allow what we can't control to influence our decisions or our confidence or anything like that. Where what we, And we're not focusing on what's on the sticky note. And mm-hmm. so that's just, you know, something that when you are being faced with these, whether it's a conversation or going to ask for a raise, you know, those kinds of things, it's, it's really good to look at what you have in your control and what you don't.
0: Yes, yes. Well, and I think that is a lovely place to kind of wrap this up, because we've definitely run through a bunch of the confidence things. And I love that we're ending on a on an actionable, juicy thing. I want to say, of course, you guys. Julia and Liz, thank you so much for being <laughs> on. <laughs> thank this you week. for having thank me.
2: Thank you, Paula.
0: So oh, nice. yes. These are my favorites. And, of course, tomorrow you can hear part two of this juicy conversation on midlife schmidlife with liz the link will be in the show notes thanks everybody thank you thank you so there it is part one of the discussion about confidence with my friends julie and liz thanks you guys for being on the show you know i love you uh if you want to find links about the books we discussed and information about what we shared you can find them at the show notes, which is at jumpstartyourjoin.com slash confidence. And of course, if you enjoyed this discussion, you're, you're going to want to tune in tomorrow where you can hear us talk even more and dive a little deeper over at Liz Applegate's podcast, which is called Midlife Schmidlife. It's tomorrow at April 18th, 2018 is when it will air. And we're going to go deeper on the topic. We also talk about Some of the confident women that inspire us, along with a very hilarious discussion about the 88 year old Instagram star Batty Winkle. And if you don't know her, you need to go look her up, but (laughs) she's a boot. Um, So you're going to want to check that out. You can go to midlifeshmidlife.com tomorrow to check that out. And lastly, I don't want you to forget to sign up for the webinar on confidence that the three of us are doing on April 20th, 2018, which is this Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. you can. So next week on the show, there are two amazing episodes running. It will be the week that I'm doing the Friend Brewer series for April. I cannot believe we're almost to the end of this month. What? But for Tuesday... The first episode will be uh, author Susan Colon, um, and she's coming on to talk about her book, Yoga Mind. Suzanne is a former editor at O magazine, so she worked with Oprah, and our conversation really extends the whole practice, the vibration of joy discussion. It goes even further than what I was talking about a couple weeks ago. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen. Um But gosh, I love what she talks about, like pockets of joy and finding room for contentment. You're going to love this discussion so much. And then on Thursday of next week, oh my gosh, you guys, it's Michelle Ward is going to join me for the Friendpreneur series for the month of April. And she's always such a treat to have on. We talk about her growth as an entrepreneur, how she's, uh, in the last year, she's let go of some financial financially lucrative programs as she shifts her business which is brave and amazing and what she's been up to in the last year including running a marathon so i hope that you're good, that you'll be able to join Liz and Julia and myself on friday please come and i hope that your days are filled with so much joy